moving to a new city. Man, that can be an adventure and it can be scary. <laughs> and for many people, the idea of buying in a city before you even get there, it can be downright petrifying. How do you buy a home in a new city or a new state if you don't even know if you qualify for a loan because maybe you're getting a new job? Not to mention, you have to decide where do you want to live in a new town that you're not familiar with? Well, you're about to hear a real-life story from Tatiana and Donovan. They navigated those hurdles, along with all of the other so-called obstacles that so many first-time buyers seem to face. Let's hear their story. everybody this is very exciting because i've got tatiana and donovan who i have been talking to for quite some time and luca's there too they're beautiful little puppy and they're in atlanta and in their new house how are you guys doing uh we're doing great very excited to chat with you today and share our little tips and our journey they were doing great very blessed good oh that's so wonderful to hear yeah people they get so excited to hear actual stories of what happened. So tell us from the beginning, I know this is a big cross country move for you guys. When did you start thinking about this and making this whole decision? The wife wanted to move back to Georgia for her career, which was a good thing. Ended up working out well. So I started applying for jobs, ended up finally getting one around Thanksgiving last year, I believe. So at that point, we found an agent and started looking for houses. It was pretty depressing because there was very, very little available. And what was available wasn't very good. It was very frequent that we would drive to Atlanta just to look at one or two houses all the way from Louisiana, because that's really all that was available that we liked. And so there was five or six weeks where on the weekend after work, we would drive up and look at two houses, typically put an offer in and then go back home. And then as time got closer and closer to our move date, which was January, we got more and more aggressive on the offers because we knew we were running out of time. Luckily, we found the house that we're in now, and we made a very, very aggressive offer, and and luckily it was accepted. At the same time, we actually made just as an aggressive offer on a townhome, which we were extremely blown away we didn't get at that same weekend or during that same weekend. So, I mean, needless to say, we literally moved from Louisiana to Georgia. So that was definitely a very big step. I mean, driving to Atlanta, driving to Georgia is already very tiring and exhausting, but moving your life from one state to another was definitely crazy and especially while trying to buy a house. So yeah. Wow. Okay. So many interesting things there that I think people are want to understand and figure out to do for themselves. Now, Donovan, did you get a job in the same industry? Because I know that's a question a lot of people ask me about. If I move out of state and I get a new job, can I still get a mortgage? Did you have problems getting a mortgage or did it work out because it was same type of work? That's a great question. So since it was the same type of work, pretty much the same title, they both had engineer in it, which is what the financial institution wanted to see. They were able to use my previous income, even though I actually did take a small pay cut, it was still enough for us to be financially approved. And then that on top of the money that the wife and I had saved up for the down payment was enough. Yeah. And after listening to your podcast, basically that was one of the biggest points for us. I was like, we need to make sure we have <laughs> at least two years 
of experience in the same industry because that's what banks like to see. They like to see stability. They like to see that you are sort of in there for a longer run than just a month, just buy a house and quit the job kind of thing. So yeah, definitely the stability was, we were blessed with that. He got the same pretty much opportunity here. I don't want to get too personal, but I know people are kind of curious about this kind of stuff because you said you moved there, Tatiana, for your career. Now, did you guys, a lot of people will ask me when they're doing buying with a partner, did you use both incomes to qualify or just one? It was just mine because she works for herself, basically. Mm-hmm. I'm an acting industry. Basically, what I had, I had savings. I had pretty much everything to cover up all the initial like down payment and all that stuff. But for me, like I have a degree in interior design and I used to work in that industry and I worked there for like almost two years. And when we moved from Atlanta to Louisiana, I quit my job basically because his career kind of took over and we moved there and I decided I do not want to pursue that career move in Louisiana and I started to be acting that when COVID happened. So that was interesting. But unfortunately, banks don't recognize that income as stable income, even though like it doesn't matter how much pretty much you money make, unless you are actually up there, you can buy in cash. That's okay. <laughs> that's fine. But when you're in your journey, they will want to see nine to five job. And that's basically where Donnie came in. And that was very, very good. <laughs> Well, that's a great tip, and that's the reason why I asked. And thank you for being transparent and sharing that. I think that's really important. A lot of people will think, well, we can't do it because whether it's a change in careers for one of the partners, whether someone's taking a maternity break or a paternity break, there a lot of times people think, oh, and I always tell them, make sure that you can support many different ways. You can support, like you said, you can bring your savings. You can bring other things. Credit score. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I actually got a lower credit score because my credit score surprisingly was higher, but I mean, his was pretty high too, but I was like, here we go. I can do this. <laughs> yeah, I got my credit score, man. It's great because if one partner is in the position to say, hey, we can make this move with just one of ours, then you can make the move, purchase the home. And as life goes on and you get more comfortable, then you have so many more options later on. That's one of the things I see people do. They say, okay, we're going to get married. We're going to settle down. We're both going to get our career going for three or four years, and then we're going to buy a house. In the meantime, you've burned all that rent for all that time. So do you guys have any other tips for going someplace like what you did out of state? A lot of people ask me about that. You gave us some of the difficult parts doing the driving. Was there anything that you found that was helpful trying to buy from not in the same city that you're in? I spent a lot of time on the crime map. Being that we had to choose what we wanted to look at before going and speaking with our agent saying, hey, look, we want to look at this. If I lived in a local area, I'd want to go drive by and mm-hmm. see what the area looks like. So Google Maps obviously was blatant one, obviously looking at the house itself in Google Maps, as well as the neighborhood or the surrounding area, just to get a general idea. And then the crime map. So in, in Atlanta, I found this one online. I couldn't even tell you the name of it now, but it had color code on top of the map. And we had pretty much agreed together that if it had to meet at least this criteria or this crime rate for us to even consider, you know, yeah, that area. Mm -hmm. So those were really the two big ones for us before we would decide on which house we wanted to go look at. Mm -hmm. And then obviously the house listing itself. It was definitely challenging not to get in your car and drive by. 
as soon as you see a beautiful house or like something pops up, that was definitely challenging because once the very first time we actually came here, that was because of the listing that we both really, really liked. And we were like blown away, like came in market. We were like, oh my God, this is it. This is a beautiful house. This can be our house, beautiful neighborhood, everything. And we literally drove that weekend just to see that house. And obviously we saw a couple other options just because we were in town. But when we put an offer, that was our first offer. We were super careful. We were like, oh, maybe we'll just <laughs> going to be very easy, see how it goes. And we were amongst of like 30 other people who put an offer. We obviously lost. We were so heartbroken. We were like, how could they? Like we had a, such a good staple offer. <laughs> so that was when the time would go on, we would find other listings like that. But then we would also have our already walls put up that we oh, like the house, but we have to drive there. We most likely we lose the offer again. We're most likely going to be heartbroken again. So that was definitely difficult. But um, thankfully, our agents were very, very flexible with us. And sometimes they would even offer to go and look at the house without us being there and like FaceTime us or whatever we needed to make a decision. <laughs> so, yeah. I think that's probably the biggest piece that I try to explain to people. The market's changing a little bit now and it's not going to be that bad, but it's still not going to be just you looking at a house when it's been on the market for three weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. It was so crazy seeing other people stepping in the house that we like. <laughs> like, stop walking here. <laughs> this is ours. <laughs> Were you guys throwing elbows on the way in? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. When we found... I hope y'all don't like it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, I was sometimes, like, I would walk around the house. I'm like, I don't like this color. Bad color. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> I was trying to, like, alert everybody around me that you should leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My clients and I will have little facial recognition, eyebrow raise or whatever. And as soon as they give me the heads up that, hey, we like this one, I just start pointing out stuff that isn't bad. But boy, I'd be like, oh, that's terrible right there. Do you see that huge water stain? That's probably mold. We should probably put our mask on and leave. Black you know? mold over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that's exactly Well, I love right. the crime tip, Donovan. That's a great tip. That's really, really smart. The funny thing is, as realtors, we're not allowed to tell you what is and what isn't for a liability state. So like I always have to say, hypothetically, I would go to this sheriff's website if I were you. <laughs> but I tell people all the time, and where I'm in Southern California, they have that color coding too. A lot of my folks talk to each other about it. And I've mentioned before on the podcast, I have people that will go old school and buy an old gas station map. You have to go online to find them now. And they'll take their own red, yellow, green pencils and they'll say, OK, that was yellow, but we're from the hood. We can hang with that. That's OK. And they'll color it green or whatever. And then they use their own map next to the online map. And that way you can keep it going. But that's really, really important. And I was actually, I talked about this on another podcast and somebody sent me a link. There's a funny version of that called Hood Maps. And they tell you where like the hipsters the live and where they're like, these are all college kids and frat parties. It's a really interesting thing. But getting to know the Google Street View, the Google Maps, finding out which one of your on the satellite view, which neighbors tend to sunbathe naked. 
all that stuff. It's kind of important to know. So absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We actually sometimes we would drive through the neighborhood where we're like if we would like the house. I don't know if it's legal or not, but we would try to talk to neighbors and try to talk to people who are just like working outside on their yard. And we actually met very lovely elderly couple at the neighborhood where we're like the first time, like mm-hmm. what was the very first the very house. Very first house yeah. Yes. And they were so sweet. They've been living there for 20 years and they were just such a sweetheart and it felt like that would be a really good neighborhood after talking to them. So we always try to sort of talk to neighbors or kind of see what's going on around our house because you always want to feel welcomed, not only because your house is beautiful, but you don't want your house to be the most beautiful or like the best in the block and everything else is just sort of scary. (laughs) You kind of like want to have a community here too. Yeah. I tell people, talk to the neighbors, drive it in the day, drive it at night, drive it at night on the weekends. Okay. So with the whole process, these are great. I mean, this is great for people who are thinking about moving, especially with prices going up and people having to get someplace maybe a little cheaper and going someplace they don't know. Was there anything else about the process? Any tips or tricks, anything that surprised you or anything that you felt like, oh, I'm glad we did this because this made it easier? The biggest tips that I would have financially, we're pretty good financially in that we know what we spend. We know how much we're comfortable spending. And so we already had that amount in mind. It's like, we're okay with this much monthly payment. Then we took that to the, what do you call the dude that you work with for money? Can't think of the name. The realtor? No. The banker. The banker. lending person? There you go. Your mortgage person? (laughs) Yeah. So we were working with two. We worked with more than that, but two of them were the ones that we got pre-approved by and were working with sort of on an every week basis. And so we knew what we were pre-approved for, and it was more than we knew we were going to spend. So that was good. So we knew whenever we wanted to put an offer in, we could put in as much as we wanted and we were going to reach our comfortable limit of monthly spend before we would worry about not being approved, if that makes sense. I'm not saying you have to be in that position, but it was a good position to be in it and we used it when we were putting offers in. And so that's pretty important to have before you ever start looking because every time you start looking at houses, you're going to see something you really, really like and it's going to be expensive and you're going to know in the back of your mind, you probably shouldn't spend this much Mm -hmm. for a house. We never looked at those because we knew this is our limit. This is where we're going to stop. So we never put ourselves in that position for one. So, and then two, one thing we really relied on our agents because they have a bunch of experience. I don't know if it's okay to name names or anything, but we relied on Noel. Noel and Brad. Yeah. Banks. The, the Banks team. Noel My unicorns. And Brad. They're, the unicorns. They're, they're absolutely great. Amazing. And they've been in the industry for a long time. So For example, in the house that we live in now, we relied on Brad a lot when we were doing our walkthrough. We said, hey, is it okay to put no contingency on this house with our offer? Because we knew that's what it was going to take to win. Mm -hmm. And so we looked at a lot of things that you might not typically look at. We went up in the attic and looked around. We looked at how old the AC units are. Yeah, we took pictures Um, of all of those and make sure like we're not going to end up spending mm -hmm. so much money replacing all them. Like the hot water heater, you know, Mm -hmm. all those things. And then the roof, the roof was new. So this house was a very safe house to put a no contingency offer on. Whereas some of the other houses we looked at, the roof is 15 years old. The AC units are 20 years old. Based on our budget, I knew that if we spent the most we could and then boom, we got hit with a $25,000 maintenance item. Two months after we moved in, we were going to be in a really bad situation. 
So taking in those to account allows you to put a more aggressive offer in and make your offer a lot more appealing. Yeah. Plus, what's great about our agents, they're married couple and they're like a power team. So while Brad was showing us inside the house, he was pointing out some things. Noelle would be a home and she would research like the neighborhood or what's the most expensive house on the block, financial stuff and more so things that you don't see when you go in the house, you get in the house. So that was very nice to sort of like get back in the car and see emails from Noelle and see like the school districts and see what's highest offer or what else is out there in this neighborhood. And that would also be very helpful for us to decide if we want to put an offer on it or what kind of offer we want to put in. Another thing actually we used, which I think helped us a lot. So Donnie's company actually paid for a location and paid for some of the closing costs. All of the closing costs. All of the closing costs, which was amazing. So we actually put... Our agent's commission. Yes. We covered our agent's commission of 3%, which basically added to the home value, if you will. But since my company was paying for it, it didn't cost us any money. Yeah. So that allowed us to jack up our offer roughly 3%. Yeah. Yeah. So that was definitely... We kind of played that ace card in the end sort of thing, just because this is like, hopefully that's what's going to win the offer. And I think that probably what did it, I think, I hope. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's cute. I mean, my realtor ears just perked up so much because the relocation thing is amazing. So I want all the listeners to know, if your company says we're going to pay for it, know this, that this amazing team that they got with Brad Noel, they're a unicorn team. A lot of times the relocation people are going to tell you, you have to use these relocation agents. They're often not the best. You can ask and say, hey, can I use my agents? And a lot of times the company's like, fine. But what's so amazing about what they did was by paying the agent, you guys weren't paying it out of your pocket. The seller was. So your company just gave the seller an extra 3% on the purchase price, which nets them 3% more than everybody else. That's huge. And when it comes to thousands of dollars, it's definitely huge. Yeah. 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 It was was a good chunk of change. Yeah. And I love what you said about that unicorn team. They are one of my favorites there. I've been sending a whole bunch of listeners out there to Atlanta to Brad Noel because that's the difference that you get when you have an experienced team. It's it's the exact opposite. If you go and get just one rookie agent by themselves, they're giving you their information and their information is only 10% of an ex- one experienced agent. And you guys got two working together, giving you that service like you were selling a million dollar home in Atlanta, but you're getting it as a first time home buyer. And that's the whole purpose of me connecting and finding people like you so you can find people like them. I'm so glad that they did such an amazing job because I know it was stressful at the time. I mean, your stories are just, if I replayed this three years ago, four years ago to people who have bought houses in the 2000s and the 2010s, they would be like, what are you? It just sounds insane. 30 offers, getting in your car and having a drive there. It sounds crazy, but what you guys did is so incredible, and I'm so happy for you guys. So Thank you so much for recommending Noel and Brad to us. After listening to your podcast, I was sort of 
scared in a way because we are first time home buyers and we were entering this market and not the best time, I would say, where, I mean, it wasn't the worst time right now, probably is the worst time, <laughs> but mortgage rates were still low, but it was definitely a seller's market. But at the same time, we didn't really know much about it. And we had our ducks in a row, surprisingly already, but we did not really know how to approach it, where to start. We literally were like, okay, well, we just Google agent, I guess, and we'll go with somebody. But then I was like, I'm going to text David <laughs> and see maybe he will recommend something because your podcast definitely taught me so much. Oh, it was great. We listened to so many, yeah. so many of them. Every time we would drive, we just listen. And I would like write down things in my notepad and like, this is what to look for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. I've said before, I've become the official millennial road trip podcast now <laughs> it's like i get more listeners around thanksgiving when people are driving to go see their parents that's what it's we were doing funny. yeah that was us it was a seven hour drive from atlanta to back to louisiana and i was just like episode after episode. Of time. <laughs> well tatiana and i became social media buddies so that's how we hooked up so we're always <laughs> talking and checking each other out and it's very very exciting and i'm so happy for you guys these are these are amazing tips. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other people that are going to go back and listen to this. I mean, we've covered employment, understanding how to work with your unicorn team and your lender, as well as the big one that so many people have. What do I do when I'm searching out of town? So this is really, really helpful. So thank you guys so much and enjoy your lovely home. And where's Luca? Luca was quiet the whole podcast. I was totally expecting. Yeah, he, he, he fell asleep. He fell asleep. Oh, hi, Luca. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. He's the cutest little guy. You guys listening on the podcast in your ear holes right now, you're going to have to check out the YouTube. Luca's super cute. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's just wanted to make sure he is involved somehow. So. Yes. <laughs> well, we all know whose house it really is, right? Yeah. Uh, funny thing, you mentioned that we actually... We're looking for a house with a yard for him. And he doesn't really care much about it. He's such a house dog. <laughs> yeah, he won't poop in our backyard. He goes to the neighbors. <laughs> it's so funny. More interested in that yard? No. No, he doesn't want to poop in his own yard. Yeah, he he's so oh. he's a very clean dog. He just wants to make sure his area stays clean. So he would sneak out to our neighbor's yard. And they have big dogs and they love to have him around, but he will poop there a little bit, play with their dogs and come back. And I'm like, oh, my Lord. Oh, my gosh. It is something that you really need to. It's hard to make sure that you figure it out. But, well, you know, we did the same thing, too. Moving, we were so excited to have the place for the dogs and the dogs are like, what are you doing? The couch is my domain. This is where I hang. Yes, exactly. He would just jump on the outdoor furniture and just lay there a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it's just like, enough to sunbathe a little bit, right? Yeah, I yeah. love it. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. I'm sure the, the listeners appreciate it too. And congratulations. And I'll be checking in so you can give us tips on what to do in your first and second year living in a home. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. We yes. really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Keep it up. Yes, keep it up with the good work for new home buyers. <laughs> Stories like this keep me going. I love it. Thank you. That's right. Bye. <laughs> See ya. There it is. All right, gang. I hope you were paying attention to that one. There are some serious super wisdom nuggets in that interview. I just love these interview podcasts because you get to hear the real deal on how to get this done. It's not a sales pitch here. This is education for you. 
real tips and real advice. There were some great ones in that one. So let's go over some of the highlights so you can remember this when you get ready to start your planning. First and foremost, obviously, if you have a plan, you can find a home in another state with the right unicorn team helping you out. You don't have to do this all on your own. Sometimes you might have to do fun stuff like road trip. But hey, you've got a podcast to listen to while you're driving. I know sometimes people just want a fresh start, want to move to a new place. So there were some great tips in there on how to qualify for a home loan when you want to just pick up and move someplace new. Be sure to check out your options for what you qualify for. And like they did, maybe just one of you has to be on the new home loan so that one partner can decide to start a whole new life, a whole new career. Whatever you want to do, if one of you can qualify, you never know what you can do until you figure out and you start your planning. They gave great advice there. You know, if just one of you looks like a normal nine to five or on paper, then the banks are going to be much more willing to give you a home loan and you don't have to waste that rent in the new city, even if one of you is starting a whole new gig. So don't let the ignorance. Remember, ignorance is not a dirty word. Just means you don't know everything. So don't let that ignorance and that fear hold you back from making a big leap in your life. Go for it. They also gave some great tips on researching. I loved when they were talking about using the crime maps and the websites, helping you get familiar with the area. And you can do that by using the color coding of the map overlays on those websites or maybe even making a colored map of your own. I love that they also said not to judge a home by its pictures. It's the real estate version of don't judge a book by its cover. Very important for you to know. Do your research, understand and know the neighborhoods and everything about where that home is with all the pretty pictures that blow you away. Make sure it's not smack dab in the middle of the hood. In a competitive market, the more research you do on your own, the less likely you're going to get fooled by those photos. They gave some great tips on how to get your offer accepted when there's a ton of competition. Tatiana was pretty funny there. She was partial to trashing the home in front of other would-be buyers to scare them off. Just a little reminder, folks. Be careful. You never know who's listening. Those nanny cams and ring cams are everywhere. So if you do that, know the seller might have heard you too. And they also like the idea of having some room by not always shopping at the very, very top of your price range or your comfort level. It's great advice. I know it seems really simple, but as you start shopping, you're going to find yourself going up and up and up. But if you keep yourself calm and in control and a little bit under, that means you're going to be able to move up if you need to beat the competition and land your dream home. They were talking about it and dancing around it, but Donovan was getting into something that I think was really great. Discipline in your price point to leave room is actually the best way to be impulsive. I know that's crazy. Discipline means you can be impulsive, but that's the way it works. It gives you the opportunity to then jump on something if you're really into it. This is such a better strategy than shopping at your max all the time. And just hoping that the seller gets desperate and comes down to you. Now, I said control. It really is all about control. Find ways to have more control. What that'll do is it'll create options for you as a buyer. Talk to your unicorn team and find out what you can do for more control, both financially as well as what kind of terms can you offer on that contract. The more options you have, well, then the more you can become the most attractive person to the seller. And after all, the seller is going to sell to the buyer that's the most attractive to them. 
And remember, it's not always what you think is the most attractive. It's what they think the seller thinks. And then if you're fortunate enough to be in a position where your company is going to be giving you a relocation package, make sure you understand all the ins and outs of that relocation package. Far too often, I've seen people that end up getting so overwhelmed with the idea of relocating that they kind of take that relocation package as a security blanket. And I understand it's a big damn deal to move someplace new. But what they'll do is they'll go, well, I've got that relocation package for a year, so I'm going to back burner the idea of buying because I've just got way too much on my plate. That's where a quality unicorn team in your area is so important. And they definitely emphasize that by working with their unicorns. Noel and Brad, it was, it was a full team they had working for them. Well, then they got referred to a bitchin' lender who gave them super rad options. And then the unicorns did all the work for them. Not only showing them homes, but also helping them with the area research, with school information, with neighborhood details, and of course, the consistent market analysis, watching what was happening, not just week to week, but seriously, day to day. The great thing about a quality unicorn team backing you up is even from another state, you've got people doing the work for you, not just somebody sending you a picture and saying, what do you think? Do you like it? No one says this is going to be super easy. I mean, did this put a little extra pressure on them with the move? Well, yeah, of course it did. They're trying to figure out how to buy a house while moving from one state to another. But what the unicorn team helped them do was use that relocation money to make a better offer. And that way they could end up getting a home and save an entire year's rent instead of sitting in the city trying to figure out where they want to live. Not to mention saving the equity that they got because they bought now and the market's going to keep going up for the next year. So was that a little bit of extra work? Sure it was. But let's do the math on that. Let's take that year's rent. Got to be at least 25000 bucks, And now they get to keep that 25000 bucks and put it to work for them. And they're going to gain 3 to 5% appreciation in the home over the next 12 months. So considering they bought a home at about $470,000, well, that's another $20,000 they got by just putting in a little extra work. So can it be scary to move someplace new? Yes, but the best things in life are scary and risky, but they also have the biggest rewards. Would it have been easier to just move there and rent and then buy a year later? Yeah, but it would have cost them at least $45,000 right off the top. And that doesn't even take into account the price increases and the interest rate increases that are going to be happening over the next 12 months. I guarantee you that by finding that unicorn team to help them make this move to a new state, by buying a home right at the beginning of the move instead of renting for a month and then buying, Tatiana and Donovan are probably going to end up saving over $100,000 when all is said and done with the rent they didn't have to pay, the equity they gained in the property, plus what would have happened to prices and interest rates if they waited to buy a year from when they moved. So the bottom line is I've been spewing this information into the microphone for you for three and a half years now. And to help you out, I've even put a ton of these interviews on the podcast so you can hear real people telling their stories. And Tatiana and Donovan are a great example of what can be done. So get your own education for you and your plan. You can find it all at howtobuyahome.com. It's there for you. It's to help you get empowered and get knowledgeable so you feel comfortable and strong. Start a plan today. So you can tell everyone your story someday. Hey, maybe you could even be on the podcast. And look, if you know other people who need to hear this message, share it with them. Text this podcast to someone you know right now. Really simple. Click the little arrow thing. 
share it out there. It would mean the world to me because helping others to find out what's possible for them. That's the mission behind the podcast. And we're growing every day. Share it. Matchmaking would be first time home buyers with super awesome unicorn teams is what I do. It's my jam, baby. And I love hearing these success stories. But so much stuff is happening behind the scenes to make these stories happen. You got to go to howtobuyahome.com right now if you want to find someone in your area and start your plan today. The success story didn't happen overnight. And if you've got anyone else out there who also is looking for some kind of plan to get started, share it with them because everybody needs the top level service that you first time buyers deserve. You can check out the How to Buy a Home on YouTube, How to Buy a Home podcast. Find it there. Lots of great videos, lots of great information. Also, find me on TikTok at How to Buy a Home and David Sidoni on Instagram because some idiot took How to Buy a Home and won't give it to me. So let's do it. Keep listening. There's hundreds of episodes out there. Kill your fears, crush your confusion, and lean into the fact that you now know that just like they did, you can get some badass pros in the area that you want to move, whatever town that is, and give you the service that you deserve to make sure that this scary venture of buying a new home is just another part of your adventure in your bohemian life. See what I did there? Bottom line is, gang, it's time to stop being fearful and start being confident. With the right plan and the right team, you can do this.